This episode is supported by Vegamore. I'm a month and a half into my Vegamore journey. I don't know if you've ever had a garden and planted seeds, but when that first little growth breaks ground, it's exciting. And on my very head, I can see some new growth in the areas that I've noticed hair thinning before. And it's exciting to see those little babies coming in. I use the shampoo, conditioner, and the grow serum, which have a lovely, mellow, warm citrus smell. I've been consistently using this and it makes my hair feel soft and full. And it's really important to me that I use safe and conscious products whenever I can. And Vegamore is 100% cruelty-free and are never formulated with potentially harmful chemicals like parabens or hormones. Elevate your hair wellness routine this year with Vegamore. For a limited time, get 20% off your first subscription order by going to vegamore.com slash mind and use code mind at checkout. That's V-E-G-A-M-O-U-R.com slash mind, code mind to save 20% on your first order. V-E-G-A-M-O-U-R.com slash mind, code mind. Welcome to Mom in Mind, a podcast about maternal mental health, discussing conception, pregnancy, birth, and postpartum. Real stories from moms and family members who have made it from struggling to wellness, and interviews with experts and advocates who work for moms and families to get the help they need. This podcast is meant to offer information and awareness, and is not a replacement for treatment by a professional or professional training. Hey everyone, it's me, your host, Dr. Kat. It's just me today to bring you a special soapbox edition of Mom and Mind. Basically, there are some things that get me a little heated about new parenthood, pressures on new moms and dads, and the way that we look at the transition to becoming a parent in general. I have a few choice thoughts. I'm sure you guys can relate, and I'm sure I won't cover all of them. I definitely want to hear from you guys about your soapbox issues related to motherhood and parenthood, and I'll give you a couple of ways to do that when we wrap up today. I'll get to that in just a minute. This episode marks the one-year anniversary of launching the Mom and Mind podcast, and I want to thank you guys so much for listening and being a part of this journey into podcasting and this particular podcast. It's you know, sort of hard to believe that it's been a year and it's gone by so quickly. I still feel like the podcast just started in some ways. I'm certainly still learning along the way and I still, you know, have a lot of growth to do in terms of hosting a podcast, but I know for sure that I'm more comfortable doing this now than I was a year ago. That is for sure. You know, I've gone back to listen to some of the initial episodes and I sound pretty stiff and pretty formal and that's not me in general. Sometimes I do put on my professional voice, but I think that was also just my like, I'm new at this. I'm not totally sure what I'm doing voice. But, you know, when I started this podcast, it sort of came to me as something I had to do and I leaped first and I looked later And I'm pretty sure that if I knew all the work that would need to go into it and other things like time and cost, I might have had second thoughts about doing it. But I doubt it, honestly. I frankly still feel really passionate about this. It's not a hobby for me at all. I am really loving being able to do these interviews and get the information out to you guys through this podcast. And I've 
seeing little glimpses of how powerful it is and how this format is and how useful it's been in some people's lives. I've been fortunate to get a little bit of feedback, but I sure would love more feedback to really understand how this resonates for you. I know that for me, when I was going through postpartum depression, anxiety, and OCD, I felt really alone and ashamed of how I was feeling and confused and sometimes even scared of my own thoughts and my own feelings. It it was pretty rough. And, you know, looking back on it now, I wish I would have known what I know now. I wish I would have known that there were resources available. I wish I would have known that I could get help and I could feel better. And so part of what I am really doing here and what I hope to get across is that you guys can get information and support and get the resources you need to feel better. You know, when these episodes go out, I really don't know who it's reaching. I just see the number of downloads, which are great, and I'm glad to see it's getting to so many people. I see some great interaction on social media around some of my posts, and then I will get the occasional really awesome story from someone who tells me about how the podcast has touched their life, how maybe they're going to get therapy now, how they're getting training now to learn more about maternal mental health, how they learn something new about a culture or a group that they didn't know before. And that one really has a lot of meaning for me. I just think there's such power in everybody having this information and learning about things across culture and race and different cultural groups. So I'm really happy to hear that that is happening out there. So yeah, my hopes when these episodes go out is that people are learning something new and they are feeling heard and understood and they're able to get access to resources and information that they didn't know before or remind them like that, oh yeah, I was going to check that out or oh boy, Now that I've heard from this expert or this advocate or this mom or this dad, I'm really going to go check this out for myself now. These stories are so powerful. And even the experts, a lot of them have their own stories. And they have been very open about sharing their experience, which I really appreciate. I think, you know, me telling my story, them telling their story. I know personally, having heard other people's stories before I felt brave enough to tell mine was so impactful. I just looked up at them thinking, wow, if they can do it and they're actually okay, then that means that I can do it and I'm going to be okay. And there's a safe space here where I'm not going to be judged and I'm not going to be made to feel bad about how I feel. And there's a group of people who really understand me. So I hope that that's what comes across for you guys. And I'm really excited to celebrate the year anniversary of this podcast. And I'm going to get into the juicy bits now, my little soapbox ranty stuff. But please stick through. And I have some things that are coming up new because of the year podcast and a little gift for you guys and just some cool things that are coming up. So before I really get into my soapbox stuff, I'm just going to say for the record that everyone's experience is different. So I'm not really speaking to everybody. Some people really do have a smooth journey into pregnancy and birth and postpartum 
And that's awesome. And some medical professionals are really great at their work and come with compassion and the ability to really help people and be very supportive. So I'm just going to assume that you all assume that I know that and we all know that, that there are really great experiences and great people doing great work out there. That's not what I'm really talking about here. I'm getting soapboxy about the harsh reality stuff that lots and lots of women and families and men and parents face. And I'm speaking for all of us, really, who ever thought or felt, why didn't anyone tell me about this? Or, man, I feel crazy right now. Or, this really sucks. I'm alone. Or, I'm not getting enough help. Or, I cannot believe I was just treated that way. So I'm going to launch into it and we'll see where it goes. So the first one here is, and this is sort of along the lines of a myth and a soapbox issue for me, is that somehow getting pregnant, staying pregnant, giving birth, and being a new mother or parent is easy. Again, as I said before, for some people, it really is. But we judge everybody along the standard that it's easy for everybody and that it just happens. You just get pregnant when you decide to get pregnant and you just stay pregnant and stay healthy the whole time because motherhood is magical. You're the expectation being, what is it? You're glowing. I remember distinctly having a period of time where I felt horrible and I know that I was not glowing. For sure, I was not glowing. But the comments that I was getting from people was that I was. And I know they were trying to be nice, and it's kind of a thing to say. But there's a pressure still with that, that, shoot, am I supposed to feel better than I feel? I really don't feel like I'm glowing. But okay, maybe they see something I don't, or maybe they're just being nice, and I can take that at face value. But if I'm not in a place to take that at face value, it just feels like pressure. It just feels bad. I'm supposed to be glowing right now, and I am surely not inside. This episode is supported by Ritual. I am by nature and nurture a bit skeptical. I have to see for myself if something works or if it's helpful before I just believe it whole cloth. And I'm open to trying things out to see for myself, and that includes finding strategies for my wellness. I have historically low vitamin D, so it's important for me to take Ritual's Essential 18 because it has D3 in it, and their clinically backed Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin has several other high-quality, traceable key ingredients in clean, bioavailable forms. What I love and have always loved about Ritual is that it's a female-founded company, and it's a B Corp, which means they're holding themselves accountable and not just long-term, but also to the health of people and our planet. No more shady business. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash momandmind. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash momandmind for 25% off. This episode is supported by Hungry Root. I am a creature of habit when it comes to food, like I buy the same stuff in the store and generally make the same stuff over and over. Not really that fun. So in order to shake things up, I use Hungry Root. I can pick a whole meal and they send me what I need to make it, but I will also just let them choose so I don't get into my rut. And it paid off. 
I got the chicken shawarma non-flatbread. These are flavors that I wouldn't have thought to put together on my own, and they totally work. It was so yummy and so easy to make. And bonus, I also received for free organic roasted chicken breasts that I threw into a salad for another meal. Hungry Root is my partner in healthy and yummy living. Right now, Hungry Root is offering Mom and Mind listeners 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to HungryRoot.com slash cat to get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's HungryRoot.com slash cat. Don't forget to use our link so they know we sent you. I mean, this idea that somehow motherhood is this magical period of time, and a lot of my soapbox issues are within that context, that there's this enormous pressure in many, many different ways to feel good all the time and that you're going to love everything about motherhood. That's the other one. I don't love everything about anything. Even if there is something that I love, 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 at some point I'm going to get a little, it's time to move on. I'm thinking more about like my favorite food or my favorite whatever. With everything, even that you love a lot, you can develop mixed feelings about it. You can be feel kind of like tired and okay, well, I certainly need to break from that or You know, we are not robots. We don't feel constantly one thing about anything, anywhere. So why do we then have the pressure to feel that way about motherhood? I'm just going to let that stew right there. You know, when we become parents, we don't all of the sudden just not have other feelings or other needs or other preferences. And certainly, as I mentioned, a constant feeling of love all the time. But there's the pressure to feel that way. There's the assumption that we should feel that way because you're pregnant. You just had a baby. This is what you always wanted. This is what you're meant to do. This is what your body was built for. I mean, how many more messages can you think of right now? Just I'm listing off a couple messages about that we should be grateful all the time, regardless of what's actually happening. That's impossible. It's just a setup. So I guess I'm suggesting that it's okay. It's 100% okay to not feel love all the time, to not feel excited all the time, to not even sometimes not want to be a mom at that moment. Even though you totally love your child, you can still have mixed feelings. You can totally love your child and also need a break and also not feel like being touched anymore. Maybe you need to get outside (laughs) and just be by yourself And that's okay. There's nothing inherently wrong with that. But what comes along with motherhood is that you're not supposed to feel that way. So along those lines is that once you're a mother, I think this is more so for mothers than it is for fathers, is that once you have that baby, you'll just know what to do. It'll just come to you all of the sudden. You will know what needs to be done to take care of that baby. You're going to understand all of their cries. You're going to understand all of their needs. So as I'm saying it, I hope to you it sounds as ridiculous as it sounds to me in my head. But I'll give you an analogy to break this down. And, you know, I'm sort of on some level known to give really random analogies for movies, oftentimes to The Lord of the Rings, but that's for another day. Today, my favorite analogy for this is from the movie The Matrix. Have you ever seen The Matrix? If not, I'll set it up a little bit for you. So... These humans essentially are trying to deprogram their minds and bodies from the matrix. And the matrix is a world that is constructed basically like a computer program. 
I'll leave it at that right now. It's, it gets complicated. Well, in this movie, the humans have a portal, like a massive USB port sort of thing in the back of their head. And whenever they need or want to learn something like Kung Fu, for instance, like Neo does in the movie, they plug this thing into their head and basically instantly download all they need to know about Kung Fu and can be master fighters right away, which is pretty awesome. But The Matrix is a movie and we can't actually do that. But this is what we assume on some level that motherhood will be like. We're supposed to get this automatic download when the baby comes, or babies, if you're having more than one. And we're supposed to know exactly what to do for them. And if we don't, if we don't know what to do, and we can't do it, then what? My next soapbox. We are bad mothers. So (laughs) no pressure or anything, right? No pressure. All of these things, the things that I get so upset about are basically related to how much pressure there is on new parents and specifically mothers from society. But not just from society. These are messages that we have absorbed and learned from a very young age. Things that are just sort of like live in our minds. And then when we become parents, it all comes out. Like I've heard time and time again about how inadequate moms feel when they aren't able to figure out what exactly their baby needs. And that's not to say that, you know, it is frustrating. Little new babies can be frustrating when you've you know gone down the list. Diaper, change the diaper, get them fed, get them burped, make sure they're not too hot, not too cold, see if they have gas, and they're still crying and we don't know what to do. We ourselves feel helpless. But what we do internally is translate that helpless feeling, that I don't know what to do feeling, into a character flaw. That somehow, because you cannot predict every single thing that your child needs, that you're a bad mom or a bad dad. How fair is that? I say it's not. I say it's not fair at all. It comes from an understandable place, feeling helpless. But feeling helpless, it doesn't mean you're a bad person, You know, it's really hard to sit with that like, gee, I really don't know what to do right now. I'm just going to sit here and rock the baby or I'm going to sit here and cry or this is too much for me to handle. I'm going to set this baby down for a minute and then take a couple deep breaths and go back and check on them. But we take it personally and I just think it's not fair. So I'll kind of get back to that in just a minute. Right. So, you know, as new parents... And specifically, right now I'm talking about new mothers. You have to walk a really tight line that you're supposed to know all of this stuff and you can't do anything wrong and you certainly can't say anything negative about motherhood. (laughs) I mean, I think nowadays we're, we're a little bit more able to say that out loud and to not worry as much. But the pressure is still there. I see it there pretty strongly in the group that I run, with the moms that I meet with, with the other professionals I talk to about their clients and what they're seeing. There's just a lot of pressure to walk this really tight line of enjoying everything. And then, you know, you can't say anything negative. And then these pressures from society, whether real or imagined or usually they're real, unless you know for sure that you have somebody around you who is supportive and non-judgmental, we assume that other people are going to be judging us. And sometimes they are, which is the hard part. I'll just say, if they're judging you, maybe they're not the best people to have around right now. And we'll set that aside for the next soapbox issue. (laughs) 
So I'll go through a couple of more things, you know. So another thing I hear a lot from moms is that I'm supposed to be able to do this by myself. I'm supposed to be able to take care of this baby and do all of these other things on this long list of things that need to be taken care of without help. And that if I ask for help, people are going to be burdened by me. People are going to think I'm weak. People are going to think I can't do it. Whenever I hear this, I sort of, you know, this is just how my brain works. I think like, hmm, I wonder what happened like back in the day when we all lived in like tribes and caves and, you know, stuff like that. Was there any mom back at that time who was doing everything by themselves? No. I even read, I'm going to totally misquote this and give you the wrong reference, but I read about a researcher who's doing some research about current tribal systems and describing the situation where the baby up to like a year or something like that, that their feet never touched the ground because somebody in the village was always attending to them. Somebody in the tribe was always attending to them and it wasn't always the mom. And I think about, wow, like where is our effing village? Excuse my French. In terms of how we live these days, we live separately. We live in, you know, apartments or single family homes and we don't have everyone around us. And if people are going to help, they come over and help. But for the most part, we're meant to think that we're supposed to do all of this on our own. And I just don't think that that's fair or realistic, that we should do all of this on our own, feel like we're doing it on our own, and that we're not good enough if we can't or don't. I haven't figured out the perfect system on how to remedy this, but I do think just mentally, if we can take that pressure off of ourselves that we're supposed to be doing this on our own, you know, that would be great. (laughs) That would just be great. There are certainly situations where people are doing things on their own and they'd rather not be doing things on their own and, and they reach out for help or maybe don't have any help. Maybe they just moved. I mean, there's so many different scenarios for this, how family systems are set up and how people are or are not receiving help. The thing that we can do internally for ourselves sometimes is when we are putting the pressure on ourselves that we have to do all of this to you know, be a little more forgiving and offer a little bit more space that you don't have to. Part of what this does, the pressure that we either have on ourselves or sometimes actually it's from other family members thinking that you are supposed to do this all on your own and you're supposed to snap back and be fine after a C-section and start cooking dinner and stuff like that, which I will save that also for another soapbox episode, is that this is not a vacation at all. Having a new baby and staying home from work or staying home, even if you were planning to stay home, is not a vacation. This is a 24-hour job, and it has multiple shifts. And I hear a lot from moms, actually, that nighttime can be the hardest because it feels like that one shift where you feel totally alone. And it can feel really, really difficult. You know, Again, this is for situations where you feel like you cannot get the help that you need at night. And then during the day, too. No, we're not on vacation during maternity leave or during those first, you know, three months, six months. That is a full-time job for a brand-new being who is 100% dependent. And it takes time to figure out how to balance that. But it takes time to figure out how to balance that. So the point that I really want to get home, and this is primarily to partners and family members, is that this is not a vacation to be home with a baby at all. 
So I'm going to do a little bit of a sidebar here with just healthcare providers. I have, you know, a couple of soapboxy things. And again, I want to state that we are not all perfect people and we're not perfect providers, but there are some things I think we can do better with. So one thing I've noticed is that, you know, if you're a healthcare provider and you're going to be working with pregnant and postpartum women and that is part of what you do, that is awesome and that is amazing. And I would urge you to keep an appointment open, one or two appointments, an urgent appointment open in your schedule. Because when you get a call from a mom who is suffering, she cannot wait two to six weeks to come in and get help. She needs help yesterday. The fact that she's calling usually means she's been suffering for a while and has finally come to terms with needing help. That's a hard call to make. And I'm not, unfortunately, making any of this up. I hear this all of the time. People who tell me that the providers don't give them a call back or they've called multiple doctors and they're not getting any response. And for somebody who's feeling so hopeless already or so confused by their situation already, to just not get anything back is can be really devastating. So I beg you to keep some spots in your schedule open for calls. And if you don't have spots for them, which can sometimes happen, please call them back, please, and give them other referrals or give them a website or something else so that they have somewhere else to go. I think maybe sometimes, you know, we just get really busy and it's hard to remember all the details of all the calls we get. But postpartum mood disorders can be life-threatening. This episode is supported by Factor. Eating better is better with ready-to-eat Factor meals. And ready-to-eat means pop it in the microwave for two minutes and done. I mix in a few of these meals into my rotation for the days that we're on the run or that I don't want to make anything. I chose the high-protein and calorie-smart options, one of which is the mushroom chicken thighs and wild rice with garlic roasted green beans. This is restaurant quality and so tasty. I can adjust how many meals I get in my order as much or as little as I need every week. Plus, I can pause or reschedule my deliveries anytime, which comes in really handy for our busy schedule. Head to factormeals.com slash momandmind50 and use code momandmind50 to get 50% off. That's code momandmind50 at factormeals.com slash momandmind50 to get 50% off. Support for today's episode comes from OneSkin. And for a limited time, my listeners get an exclusive 15% off OneSkin products using the code MIND when you check out at oneskin.co. Well, I've kept up my mini resolution of taking better care of my skin after consistently using OneSkin for several weeks and all is going well. I can't see what's going on at a cellular level, but I can tell you that my skin feels soft and healthy. But they did do some cool research that looked at before and after exposure of the OS1 peptide to skin cells, and the OneSkin scientists found that the peptide reverses skin's biological age. And you can even see that study by Zonari A. et al. in the NPJ Aging Journal. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code MIND at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code MIND. After you purchase, they'll ask where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. New year, healthier skin. That's one skin. 
And even just this week in the group, multiple moms were talking about reaching out for help and getting nothing back. And one of them even said, if I had been suicidal, I might not be here right now. And that just breaks me when I hear it. I just think we can do better. I'm hopeful that with all the training that's coming out, that that will become clearer to providers who really want to help these moms. But, you know, people like psychiatrists and OBs and MDs and other people don't really have a lot of time to see patients. Like if their schedules are packed for multiple reasons, in part, there's a shortage of psychiatrists and it's really hard to get into doctors. They have a lot of work to do. But one thing I have seen is in part because of the way the system is set up, you know, a client will go in to see a psychiatrist or an OB or an MD because they're suffering. And I've heard this too many times that a mom is diagnosed within the first five minutes of meeting her. Sometimes the diagnosis is incorrect. And then the mom comes out of that session feeling dismissed, feeling partially traumatized and even more upset than they were before they went in because now they're confused and now they are like, oh my gosh, I mean, I did have this. A woman was given a bipolar diagnosis within five minutes of seeing a psychiatrist and she did not have a bipolar disorder. If she did, fine, but she didn't. (laughs) Then she came into therapy dealing with, you know, she was highly anxious. So now she was worried about a bipolar disorder. It was like added to her anxiety. So, yeah, my urge is if you can't do a full assessment, please take time to do a full or deeper assessment or get consultation or refer them to somebody who, you know, does work with perinatal mood disorders. That would be awesome. So I actually have quite a a lot more stuff on my list than I thought I would, but I'm going to end with this one. I think we have to be nicer to ourselves. Just imagine for a moment how much better you would feel if you allowed yourself to not know what you're doing and to be okay with that. I mean, like how much pressure would that take off of you? Like if we didn't tell ourselves I'm a bad mother, I'm doing everything wrong. Now, sometimes that's part of the depression and the anxiety itself, that it is literally changing how your brain is working and how your thoughts are forming and it turns up the volume on those really judgmental thoughts. So just for a minute, just as a kind of a thought exercise, if you're not already doing it right now, think of a time when you felt really bad about yourself and the thoughts that came with that. So maybe it was like, I'm a bad mom. I don't know what I'm doing. What's wrong with me? I should be happier. I should know how to do this. I am a bad dad. I don't know what I'm doing. I feel incompetent. So now take those thoughts. Imagine yourself saying that same stuff to your best friend while she's crying. How do you think she would react to that? she'd probably be devastated. Your friend is there crying and you're telling her you're a bad mom. You don't know what you're doing. You should be happier. That's how we feel when we say it to ourselves. We feel more devastated by it. It's really hard to fight that, but that is that part of intersection of depression and anxiety meets these other soapbox issues I was describing, those like cultural societal pressures. But I'm suggesting that's where we fight back. That's when we say, nope, not today, depression, not today, anxiety, 
you do not get to win here. If you can instead offer yourself what you would actually say to your best friend while she was crying, and it doesn't need to be just platitudes, just kind of nice things just to be nice, but really heart-connected things. I love you. You'll be okay. You're going to get through this. We will figure this out. Let's get you some support. It's not all in your head. Any number of things. And I know you guys say those nice things to other people when they're suffering. But we can also learn to say that to ourselves. I just think we would feel so much better. And I hope you guys agree with that. Whew. All right. That may be enough for today. I have some things on my list that I did not get to that I'll need to come back for some other soapbox edition, maybe in the future. And you guys can send me your thoughts about the things that you want to talk about or your thoughts about the things that get, you know, you all soapboxy and I'll add that in. So I'm going to get down from my podium now and I got all that off of my chest. I'm sure I'm not alone with these issues. So again, please do let me know if it's you too. All right. So for the upcoming stuff, we have a download just for you. We put together a list from 27 experts and advocates of the number one tips for parents for mental health. So these are guests of the podcast who have offered up their number one tip, and I'm going to have it in a big old list for you guys with their resources right next to it. So these 27 experts and advocates have come together to give you their wisdom to help you through the transition to parenthood. And I love this list. It's a beautiful list with some really, really awesome things to keep in mind. So you guys can go grab it from the podcast page on the website at www.momandmind.com. That's all spelled out, M-O-M-A-N-D-M-I-N-D.com. So the next bit of good news is in honor of the year anniversary and all of you amazing people listening out there, the podcast now has a place just for you, a new Facebook group called Mom and Mind Connection. And I'm personally inviting all of you to join in this closed group that's just for listeners to have a place to connect, ask questions about episodes, and ask questions about topics of perinatal mental health, get resources, and to know that you're not alone. This won't be a formal support group because there are already so many great ones out there on Facebook and online, but it will be a place to be honest about things, get inspiration or ideas on wellness, and have a forum to ask the questions about the podcast episodes and things related to pregnancy and postpartum mental wellness that you might need and want more answers to. And I'll be posting stuff weekly for us to connect and dig in a little bit and find ways to get through together. So also, I'm really looking forward to continuing on with this podcast for as long as I can. While it is a labor of love that I'm very passionate about, it also does cost me quite a bit in time and money. So moving forward, I'll be looking into sponsorships to help support the growth of the podcast and cover costs, which will allow me more time to develop other perinatal mental health projects. When the time is right and the kind of sponsorship is right, you all will hear that the podcast has the support of some organizations or companies. 
Until then, I've added a donation page for the podcast. So for those of you who feel called to support this podcast in any way that you can, it would be fantastic support to keep this resource going and to help continue to grow the podcast and get more support out to you guys. Last thing, Mom and Mind is going on the road. I will be presenting at the Maternal Mental Health Now conference in June in Los Angeles on how the podcast is helpful in bridging gaps in information and knowledge and supportive resources for diverse communities and for people who may not have access to expert information. I'm really excited about this and how the podcast can help bridge the gap for disparities in perinatal mental health. And I will also be presenting at the upcoming Postpartum Support International Conference in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania in July. And I will share there how podcasting is an innovative solution for getting out information and awareness about perinatal mental health issues. So I'm very excited to be spreading the word and I'm hopeful that there are other people out there who will be able to use this format of podcasting to use their perspective and use their voice to get information out to moms and families and anybody who really, really needs the support. So that's it for now, guys. I thank you from the bottom of my heart. I really want to connect with you all. So please head on over to the Mom and Mind Connection group so I can hear from you and we can chat. And until next week, thank you so much. Thank you for joining us today. If you or someone you know is having a hard time, help is available. Please look for resources for help at momandmind.com. Also, please subscribe and share this podcast. Together, we can support moms and families so that no one has to deal with this alone. Thank you for being a part of the Mom and Mind community. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. 